And our pal Dave Vaughn in the hot seat tonight at 7.05. The Monday night edition of the Employment Hour is underway. Phone lines, yeah, already open, of course. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell if you prefer. one 225 talk That is toll-free. Emails, help at employmenthour.com as well. So bring them on. We'd love to take your calls tonight. You have questions about uh, your your boss. Maybe uh, something's going wrong at work. You think something uh, doesn't pass the, the smell test. Call Dave. Ask possibly about a severance offer you're looking at maybe calling for a friend or a family member bring them on don't be bashful the best way is to get more information the key to uh being knowledgeable in the workplace eight hours a day for thousands of hours in your life is where uh, most of us spend our uh, our work hours so you might as well uh, have as much knowledge as you can uh as you can get inside that brain of yours, so feel free to call in, ask your questions as they uh, as they come. Uh, including that, we'll get to uh, most common questions when it comes to employment law in just a bit. Some of your emails are on the way as well. First, so Dave, we always start with a, a couple matters that you've got going on with the uh, the week that was. What's happening, pal? Yeah, I wanted to start by talking about a situation uh, you know I, I see quite often, and uh, there's a couple ways it can um, play out. And uh, so, what happened to my client was he'd been off on uh, long-term disability uh, due to a medical issue for several years. Uh, I think it was in between three and four years. And at some point, the company took the position that uh, you know you're you're not going to come back. So we're going to terminate your employment. Now, he was still right. getting the disability. So that wasn't, it's not like he stopped getting disability or anything. Uh, and this was, uh, you know, on, on the basis that he was never going to be able to work, return to work again. And that was accurate. And, and that was correct. So the company, and it was actually quite a large company, but uh, it was based, you know, the decision makers were down in, in the United States. So they came up with this, uh, you know, basically uh, letter and said, you know, you're because of your medical condition, uh, your employment's frustrated. So we don't have to, you know, we employ you anymore, and we don't have to pay wow. you anything. And so that's pretty shocking for someone. And this this gentleman had like 30 plus years of service, and he was in his late 50s. So you know, it's pretty shocking uh, for him. And um, so the the correct answer, you know. The the easy way to look at this is say, well, he, well, he's a you know thirty plus year employee. He's in his fifties. Right. He probably gets close to twenty four months. Um, you know that's what an employee is going to want to do. Uh, the employer is going to want to look at it and say, well, he can't work. It's, the contract's been frustrated, um, so he gets nothing. And the correct answer is somewhere in the middle. Um, you know, on the one perspective, um, he's not going to get twenty four months because because of the fact that it is a frustration of contract. Um, so because he can't work, um, that's the reason they're terminating the employment. Um, he's not going to get to the full 24 months. But at the same time, the Employment Standards Act does have some protections in there for employees whose uh, contract is frustrated due to a medical issue. And um, so basically because of this, he would get his minimum entitlement under the Employment Standards Act, which was 34 weeks of pay. And, um, you know, that's when, once we got involved and explained this to them and they retained a Canadian lawyer that we were able to resolve it very quickly. And, and on that basis, unfortunately, I mean, I, I would have it would have been great if we could get him, you know, a twenty-four month severance package. But there was yeah. just no way around that. Um, you know, he there's no question he was he was not able to work anymore. Um, on the other hand, he's not going to get zero. Um, you know, as, as the employer uh, tried to do, and you know, I see this quite a bit. Uh, this happen even with big companies where. Someone just doesn't understand that exception in the Employment Standards Act, that even though the employment's frustrated, you still have to pay out those minimum entitlements. And I see companies do this quite a bit where they actually just end the employment relationship and they don't think there's any obligations there. But um, if your employment is frustrated due to, so basically, which means you can't work, it's impossible to perform your job, um, you are still entitled to the Employment Standards Act minimums. Now, 
the other side of this that I often see is someone's off of work for a year or two years or something, and uh, the company just takes the position, oh, your employment's been frustrated, so then we only have to pay you your Employment Standards Act minimums. Right, right. That's not true either. There's, there's, um, you know, If there's a possibility that the person can return to work in the reasonably foreseeable future, whether it's that job, whether it's you know, another job within the company, um, and, and they can, can accommodate that medical condition, then the employment is not frustrated, and that is just a normal termination. And uh, the, the employee would be entitled to their full uh, common law severance uh, entitlements. And I, I see that happen as well sometimes where, um, you know, a company will say, uh, you know, get some information maybe from their LTD provider that the person's um, hasn't gotten better and, you know, it's not looking any better. And they jump to the conclusion um, that it's been frustrated. And, and that's not really the case. You really have to, the, as an employer, get in there and understand um, whether it's actually a frustration of contract or whether there's just been, um, you know, the, the person still working towards coming back. We'll get to your phone calls here in a moment. I see you there, Costa. Hang on. We'll get to you. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. What's the, uh, what's the other matter you wanted to talk about, pal? Yeah, another one uh, I dealt with recently was a um, person with uh, about 15 years of service, and his company then got purchased by another company, and uh, nothing changed. There was no contract. There was no uh, agreements or anything like mm-hmm. that, and uh, it continued working, and then two years go by, and... Um, Two years go by, and they terminate the employment relationship. Okay. And they take the position, well, you've only been with us for two years. And so the, the severance package is based just on the, uh, the two years of service. Yep. And, um, you know, that, that's completely, completely incorrect. The, uh, the law is going to recognize your, your previous service, um, at least for Employment Standards Act uh, purposes. Uh, but even at common law, the, the law will recognize your service um, unless the employer has a, a contract um, that, that rebuts that presumption. Um, that, that says, you know, we're not we're not recognizing uh, your previous service, and um, so you know that, and you agree to that when you when you switch over. Um, so you know, again, we were able to uh, get this resolved once um, you know legal counsel uh, was involved for the company and just told them, you know, you, you did take on that liability when you took over the employment relationship um, for, for this individual. Uh, and again, this is something I see I see happen quite a bit, especially with smaller companies where they say, well, I haven't employed the person for for twenty years. I, I've only employed them right. for the last two years. Um, so if you're if you're a company and you're taking over uh, business, you know, it's important to uh, you know keep that in mind that you are taking on that liability. And if you're the employer, put it in the employment contract. If you're the employee, don't have it in the employment contract, right? You don't want to lose your 20 years. Yeah, and that's that's something yeah. really to be careful uh, about yeah. if you're an employee because you know, I have seen that happen too where people come to me and they say, oh, there's change of ownership and they want me to sign this. And you basically have to tell them, like, like you're giving away every all the service you've built up, you're giving this right. away right now, um, you know, especially for common law purposes. So uh, it's important to be careful when you're an employee, when, the, that, when there's a change of ownership. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of the coin, when you're an employer, and you're especially a small employer, when you're purchasing um, a business and, and continuing the employment of the staff. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Costa, thanks for, uh, thanks for hanging on. How are you? Not bad. How are you guys today? Good, brother. What's uh, what's on I'm your mind? Big, yeah, I'm a big fan of the show, by the way. Oh, so, thanks, pal. Appreciate it. So, a quick question. Um, uh, I'm going to keep it anonymous, of course. So, if if there's a a contract, an employment contract that needs to be signed because uh, uh, the employee is designated as a fixed, I guess the contract's designated as a fixed term contract, and um, you know the employee's been there for many, many years. In this case, 17 years. 
and uh, they're, they're suggesting that uh, that's a fixed-term contract. They have to sign it, and there are variables within the contract that, for example, I reviewed as a friend. And I'm thinking, it doesn't make any sense. You know, you're not really a, a fixed-term employee. You're really an employee because you've been there for so many years. This is your only place of business, whatever. Um, what is the uh, the downfall if you don't sign that contract? Well, but you still, but you're still employed and you're still working now without a, a, an official live contract. So is this person currently for the last 17 years has been signing like one year contracts, fixed term contracts or for the last uh, 17 years? Wow. That's, uh, that's incredible. Um, that, that's pretty rare uh, that, it, that it goes on that long. Uh, usually you see it a couple times, like two, three, four years, but uh, that's amazing. So every, you're talking, every year this person signs a new contract. Every year they sign a new contract because what happens is, uh, you know, being in the type of industry that they're, that they're in, uh, they have the uh, the summer period. Uh, they're not working in the summer. So the, the contract expires, uh, and then they get renewed again. Uh, they then, then renegotiate a new contract again in uh, the following um, the following year type of thing, right? So, Got it. Okay. And are they – and they're an employee? They're not a contractor? Like they're not a so, – So that's the thing. They, they, they don't recognize in the employment contract any previous – uh, experience any previous years of service. Um, they're, they're, they're saying uh, in the contract that you know this is a, a fixed contract and uh, it starts on this date and it ends on this date and that's the, that's the only amount of time they were recognizing in terms of right. uh, years of service. Now, are they paid as a as an employee? Like, do they get a T four and everything, or are they paid as a contractor? No, no, they get paid. Okay, so it's just an employee who who's there for a specific um, number of months each year, and it's been renewed every seventeen, you know, for the past seventeen years. Correct. Same place. Same, yeah, and, and and a lot of stipulations in the contract. You can't work anywhere else. This is your place of employment. You know, blah blah blah. So there's a lot of variables within the contract that make it for sure sound like an employee relationship. Yeah, well, I mean, if they're paid as an employee, I don't think there'd be any argument there. I guess the issue will come down to whether the employer um, treats, you know, is forced to recognize their full service, which uh, in most cases like this, they would be. I mean, the courts are, are going to allow, you know, one, two, three, maybe three fixed-term contracts in a row, um, and they may give credit to that. But once it gets up to, you know, 17 years, uh, you know, the employer, the courts are going to want to, um, you know, find that this person is a an indefinite term employee um, okay. and their service should be recognized. So what's happening now? Are they they're, they're being forced to sign a new contract or is it? Correct. So it's a new contract. I reviewed it. Um, you know, I'm a little weary with the language in it. I want to get it reviewed by maybe someone like yourself. Um, and, uh, now, you know, the, the employee's been working there now for, you know, a little over a month and there's been no contract signed and we're trying to figure out, you know, uh, they're trying there's some, you know, there, there's a bit of pressure on the employer, of course, to have it signed, right? Uh, they want this move to, to move forward, but, uh, you know, uh, I'm almost afraid to sign because, or have them signed, right. you know, it just kind of feels like, uh, there's some things we need to have reviewed to ensure that uh, they're protected. Yeah, I mean, interestingly, um, if they've already started working under the, con- uh, you know, working for them and there hasn't been a contract signed, uh, they would be an indefinite term employee, and, and I, I believe uh, the the service, the full service, would be recognized. Um, so there's really not a lot of pressure that they can apply to force this person to sign the contract, apart from the fact that they may, you know, not want to work with, you know, may, they may just terminate the employment relationship. Would that be considered a wrongful dismissal if they were to terminate the employee relationship in that case because we didn't sign the contract? <clears throat> yeah, it would likely be a wrongful dismissal based on the full 17 years of service. Okay, I understood. But okay. w- with that said, I mean, obviously, if the, there seems to be a number of contracts um, at play here and some, uh, you know, interesting facts, you know, facts. So I would recommend uh, whoever this is uh, gives us a call and we can do a, do a contract review. 
Absolutely. Sounds good. Thank you Excellent. so much. Excellent. Costa, right. appreciate that. You're pretty uh, pretty smart listening to the show. You've already got uh, already got a head start of what you think is, is wrong and doesn't pass the uh, smell test for sure. one 821 is the number. Let me squeeze in quickly here before we break. Uh, Larry, Larry, thanks for calling in. Go ahead. How are you? Uh, hi, how are you? Not fine. Good, sir. Um, I was working for a company since uh, 2010. I'm 63 years old. Uh, December 2017, I had an incident that I got burns on my feet. So I was on disability, and now I'm still on long-term disability. Um, back in April or May, I got a letter stating that um, I'll still be getting a disability, long-term disability, until a- April 2020, but I no longer have... Um, um, medication or anything like that. I'm diabetic with insulin, 600 bucks uh, every two months, plus whatever pills and strips and everything. And um, so I, the, the company that I was working for, like they've done in the past, every three, four years, they changed the insurance company over, right? And I was reading in the leaflet that um, how can I get um, disengaged from the insurance company if my company um terminates me but i never received any notice or anything uh i did call them up and they said well we're a little bit slow right now i said listen uh, by the end of this year i think i'm going to be back to um good form he goes well call me up then and uh we'll take it from there and uh, i don't know if i should be uh pursuing a um uh how can i say like a lawyers for disability or should i be pursuing lawyers for like wrongful dismissal yeah it's a great question and it's very possible it could be both but um, if you're still getting LTD coverage and you're you're still on that there's there's really no issue at the for the time being well, with that medical, said like my medical is not uh, my medical and dental are no longer covered so those are two different th- those are two different forms of benefits though okay. uh, on the one hand it's health and dental is one form of benefits the other one is LTD coverage so the employer may still have your disability your coverage in place but the disability company may determine that for some reason you're not entitled to receive it anymore but that doesn't mean the employer cut off your disability coverage now what they could have does it, it sounds like because when they switched providers they weren't able to continue your well, health and dental uh, right they didn't sign me up with the new company Okay, and do you think it could be an oversight? Mm, no. No, you think that was intentional? Yeah. Okay, and you are—you think you will be ready to go back to work in the next couple months? Hopefully, yes. Yeah, okay, so they would have an obligation to, you know, re- return you to, to a job, uh, you know, um, and, and accommodate your return to work. If they don't do that or they refuse to do that, um, you know, that would be considered a, you know, human rights violation and, and they would owe, as well, uh, a wrongful dismissal and they'd owe you severance pay. Um, the issue with cutting off your health and dental and prescription benefits um, could be, you know, could be a constructive dismissal um, in the sense that they're cutting off your, you know, a key form of compensation. Um, but that's that, before doing anything about that, I would recommend you give us a call just so we can understand all the facts, factual background to that, um, and assist you in terms of dealing with. Um, the employer, and then, and on the other hand, um, review the LTD letter that you got that said that you're going to be cut off in 2020. 
Larry, appreciate the call. Going to have to let you go. We got to take a break. Uh, follow up one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred with Dave after the show. Kevin, we'll get to you and your phone calls as well. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell. Employment Hour Monday Night Edition. Global News Radio. And we continue here, Dave Vaughn, answering your questions, 416-870-6400-STAR-640 on your cell, and you want to email it as help at employmenthour.com. Back to your phone calls, always top top priority. Kevin, thanks for hanging on, fella. How are you? Good. Yourself? Good, pal. What's uh, what's on your mind? So a friend of mine was working with family, his family company for 25 years, and the company was sold stayed on with the company for another year as you know helping them with a the transition mm-hmm. went on a, a little bit of a loa um to determine whether he'd be coming back and no uh, they've been in kind of discussions and in the meantime the company was sold again um and he's reserved that he's not to the fact that he doesn't think he's entitled to any compensation if at all and i was just curious is uh he be getting a uh, would it be able to apply for unemployment or any compensation from a company that just left him uh, left him for not even though he say technically been with him 25 27 years is he is he actually an employee or was he an employee or was he an, an, an owner like no no he's a full-on employee 25 years yes yeah, so he's paid yeah, a salary and and, and yeah, everything just like everybody else he's not an owner he doesn't have a title okay uh, he's not like a manager or anything like that he's just the uh an employee yeah i mean he'd uh, definitely be entitled to uh severance pay um you know uh, assuming the employment's been you know s- seized or terminated um i think at this point he'd likely have to contact this you know the new ownership and just say, hey, I'm ready to come back to work and see what they do. All, in all likelihood, they'll tell them we don't have a job for you. Um, and then you'd, you know, he'd have to go pursue his severance from that company. Um, I, I mean, I'd, we'd have to get into looking at some of the, you know, the, the way um, the, the sale was structured, whether it's an asset or a uh, yeah. share purchase. But um, uh, in all likelihood, he, I mean, someone is going to owe him severance pay um, mm. for the 25 years or so that he, that he um, you know, committed. Um, but I, I do think, I mean, has he had any contact with this new ownership group? Uh, he has, but it's, it's a stalemate of almost like not knowing and just assuming he's not going to get anything. So he doesn't really want to call. I mean, he's not, in, he's not hurting for money. So I think that's part of the reason, but I'm just as his friend curious, I've worked with you guys before, so I know what you do. Yeah. Um, so I know that he's got to be entitled to something. I mean, that's what you pay all your taxes for. Right. So, well, you, yeah, you I mean, you'd be entitled to something because of, yeah, it's a lot of, you know, service and someone terminated his employment relationship, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So the, the company was sold. He did one year with them after 25 Yeah, so he was still working. Work, so yeah. it really has nothing to do with the, you know, the family business. He was working um, for this new, per- you know, new company. And, you know, the fact that they've sold it again doesn't really change the fact that, um, you know, he's a long service employee. So, you know, he should get severance. Um, I would recommend he gives us a call and we can, okay. um, you know, look at any documents documents he has and really go through the um you know the what's transpired over the last several years and uh, try to help him out all right thank you i appreciate it 
Kev, appreciate your call. As you probably already know, one 821 5900 is the way to get a hold of Dave and Lior, rest of the uh, rest of the gang at the firm. Help at employmenthour.com is to follow up through email as well. Uh, still plenty of time for your phone calls. If you have a question about your job, something you've always wondered, uh, bring it on. That's, uh, that's why Dave is here. That's why we do the show every week, Monday night, Wednesday night. The weekend shows and Employment Hour at 30 happens on a Global TV and CTV as well. As uh, I mentioned uh, way back at the top of the show, the topic for today, the most common questions you get as an employment lawyer, be that on the phone call or email or even on the show. Uh, from night to night, I'm going to lay right into these, Dave, because I know you sent me uh, quite a, an expansive list here. First one is, I didn't do anything wrong. Can my employer terminate my employment? Yeah, and this one's first because it's the most common one we deal with. Yep. Yep. Um, I would say you know over ninety percent of the uh, people I speak with are terminated on a without cause basis. Yeah. Uh, so you know the the employer is not alleging any wrongdoing whatsoever, and um, you know most of those people still. I mean, a big part of what's going on is um, they want to explain what happened and why it's not fair, and why you know some issues maybe they were having leading up to the termination. Um, you know, weren't actual. Um, you know, they did nothing wrong. And, you know, there, I know in a lot of cases when there's a termination, there is a, you know, some type of a backstory. And sometimes there's a reason why, you know, you were picked. Maybe you're having, you know, maybe there's conflicts. Or you're not working well with your manager or maybe the manager, you know, isn't treating you fairly. Um, th- there's a, a lot of times, there's, there's a lot of reasons um, for termination that don't, um, you know, really impact someone's legal entitlements. And that's because an employer can terminate uh, an employee um, for pretty well any reason other than unless it's protected by the Human Rights Code, um, but can pretty well terminate uh, for for any reason, and they don't need a reason. They just have to provide an appropriate severance package. Um, So in most cases, the reasons for termination, whether there's performance issues, conflict in the workplace, stuff like that, it just won't impact uh, anything. Just like you're allowed to quit whenever you want, the employer is allowed to let you go when they want. There's just a cost to that, and that cost is severance. Yeah, it leads right to the next question. That is, how much severance do I get? Yeah, there's uh, you know no no formula, no uh, simple formula you can uh, can use to um, you know determine severance. Uh, the the key factors, the the big three factors are age, years of service, and position. Um, the fourth one, which I, I think is kind of uh, you know, helped out by those other three or, um, you know, uh, impacted by them as the availability of similar work. Right. So, so those are the core uh, factors we look at. But, um, you know, each case is different. Each circumstance is unique. And um, there can be a lot of different um, factors that come into play, you know, in terms of uh, if you have a medical condition or you have accommodations or modified duties that you need. Um, you know, if you were, you know, if the employer alleges cause and it's not true and that can hurt your ability to find new work. Uh, if you're, you know, in an industry um, that's uh, that's struggling, uh, if you let go at the same time as a lot of people um, uh, who have similar skill sets to you, so maybe a company does, um, you know, a big restructuring and, you know, a couple hundred people are let go, well, you're all going to be competing for the same jobs, right? Oh, wow. Um, oh. So there's a lot of different factors that can come into it, and uh, that's why, you know, uh, I always say look at the calculator, get, get an idea, get an estimate um, uh, of your entitlement, but then give us a call because we can go through all the, uh, any other factors that could impact it. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell is the number. Get to uh, to Bill. Hey, Bill, good afternoon. Uh, good, uh, pardon me, good evening. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good pal. What's uh, what's on your mind? Well, I'm calling about something that's it's unique. I, I'm wondering if you've heard of it before. Uh, my mother's been, she's elderly, she's been working at a pharmacy for 30 plus years, and she's been living right next uh, door to the pharmacy, the property right next door to it. 
And uh, recently, her boss bought that rental property she's been renting for 20 years and is evicting her. Now, it's nothing about the job yet. He's not laying her off or anything, but she's going to have to now travel, I don't know how far, to get to her work. Is that like a constructive dismissal also? Well, you know, in some cases, um, when a company changes their work location and their premises, it can be a constructive dismissal if it, you know, increases the commute time and the the cost of commuting. Um, This case is somewhat unique just in the sense that it doesn't, it sounds like the employer is not changing where they, you know, their location or where she works. No, he's making her, the employee, move. Right. So... It's like you say. It's a very unique situation. Uh, I do not believe this would in any way be a constructive dismissal because he's really not changing her terms of employment. Um, what he's doing is um, it's actually just a, an issue between uh, you know her and him as as landlord, right? So uh, there's there's another component to this. Okay. Uh, she's been working there for thirty years, and she has been living in this house, and. Uh, through the owners of in a medical building where she works, uh, she's got the contract to clean the offices at night. And uh, instead of getting money for that, it takes care of the rent, so it's a fair trade kind of thing. Mm. Okay. And uh, uh, my my question was basically the same: is is uh, uh, I don't know. I just I, I just think it's really rotten for them to buy the house and kick her out and. She's been there 30 years, and uh, I know they don't want to pay her severance, and I think this is a way of them getting around it. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, she could have uh, rights in terms of uh, as a, a tenant. And she's, an, um, and she's, not, she's not an independent contractor because that's her only cleaning job. So she but, so she works at the pharmacy, but she also cleans? Okay, yeah. Separately? Okay. Wow. Well, I, I mean, if, you know, I know there there's... Obviously, it's not um, you know part of uh, what I do, but there you know tenants do have rights in terms of uh, when you know when their com- you know a house or uh, where they live is purchased, um, and, and there there are limits on terms of what a landlord could do. So she she should look in at, into it from that point of view. Um, you know, if no if nothing's changing regarding her job at the pharmacy, in terms of her. Well, you know, she's also on stress leave. She went to the doctor because of all this, and and it's just taking quite a toll on her. I, I can, yeah, I bet that, that sounds like uh, you know extremely stressful thing to go through. Um, and I, and so, I think it's because she's elderly. Yeah. So is she still on this leave? Yeah. And how long is that going to be? Uh, it, I don't know. She's had it extended a few times. Uh, she's taking this whole situation really badly. She's seventy-seven, and I, you know, I just I want to help her. I don't know what to do. Yeah, that's that's really tough. Um, you know, if if the situation's causing her stress, she should uh, you know work with her doctor and focus on that, and um, you know focus on getting better and 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 see what happens in terms of uh, hopefully they will respect the the medical leave of absence, and and if they don't, if they start pressuring her to come back, or if when she's ready to come back, they start, um, you know. You know, giving her a hard time or not giving her hours or something like that. I mean, that could be an issue. But um, as of right now, um, you know, if she's on a medical leave of absence, she should uh, you know focus on her health and and go from there. Bill, appreciate uh, the call. We're going to uh, going to move on. Please keep us updated as to what happens in the next coming uh, next few weeks. Anyway, I uh, would love to hear back from you. And if it ends up being something that uh, Dave and the firm can help with, please uh, please uh, note that as well. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty. On your cell, Bob. Uh, you're up next. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks. Yourself? Great. What's uh, what's your concern? Uh, I'm just wondering how long would an employer 
have to uh, before he can terminate you on the grounds of frustration of contract? That's a great question, Bob. Uh, there, there's no um, specific timeline. Um, yeah. I mean, it would can you know one of the thing. I mean, the, the test really is um, you know are you permanently disabled? Is it impossible for you to return to your job uh, you know in, in the foreseeable future um, or to a job within the company in the foreseeable future? Um, that really would be the test. Um, but and you know the amount of time you have, um, the leeway you're given is somewhat relative to the amount of time you you've spent there. So you know someone with 35 years is going to be given a, a bit more time to. Um, you know, recuperate than someone with a year or two, um, and, and that's just um, you know based on the equities of it. But um, you know, the I mean, it's a, you know, do you, are you able to work uh, right now? Right now, actually, I work for a roofer. Yeah, and I do have osteoarthritis, and um, I'm waiting for tests in regards to uh, nerve damage. But are you still working? Uh, doctor's note says uh, totally disabled. And doctor is because they can only give a three-week doctor's note. Right. So you're just, okay, so you're just, you're totally disabled, but only for three weeks, and they'll do it three weeks at a time. Yeah, I can only lift five pounds. Right, yeah. So you're not, you're not working. Um, so this would not be frustration um, as of yet. Uh, how long have you been off for? Uh, about a month, but I'm just wondering how long my I could go like this before well, it, my employer says, well, sorry, I have to let you go. I need to get somebody that that can actually work. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question, but just in the sense, I mean, it, you could be off for three years, and then the and then you give your doctor, you know, the employer says, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not going to bring you back now. And if you submitted a doctor's note saying, like, in response to that, saying, oh no, he's going to be better, um, you know, I think he's going to be better soon. Well, that wouldn't be frustration of contract. Um, so that's what I mean. There's no real. Um, you know, specific time period. Um, you, you just have to, you know, if it's, I know you're totally disabled right now, but it sounds like it, um, you know, the doctor won't know the, uh, the the length of the disability and how long you'll be able to work. So right now it could not be frustrated. No, but, so. but I'm just wondering. Well, I can't give you an exact time. One, if a doctor determines that you'll never be able to work there again because of the nerve damage, then that would be frustration of contract. Yeah, oh, my question was how long would my employer... Uh, Say six months down the road, would my employer be able to say, "Okay, this is frustration of contract"? Not because of the no, medical. not not if your doctor says it's you know it's pot, that you're still working towards a return to work. Yeah, okay, thank you very much. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate uh, appreciate that call. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on your cell. David, good evening. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, pal. What's uh, what's on your mind? Well, I uh, own a daycare center, and uh, we just opened up in the beginning of the school year, September. Our numbers are not there what it should be, and we have overstaffed. And I was looking at the employment contract, and it shows that uh, we have a three-month probation period on it. And so we need to, unfortunately, let her go. Is there a compensation that we should think consider when we do that within the three-month probation period? I want to do it right. I don't want to. I don't want to mess up. That's a good question, and um, you know, if there is a three-month probationary clause, 
there is a very good chance that you're able to let this person go and during the first three months and not provide them with any termination pay. Okay. Oh, any termination or severance or anything. Exactly, yeah. And that's that's the whole point of a, a probationary clause. Um, with that said, um, you know, I, I'd have to look at the full contract just in case there's other aspects of it that may suggest something else. Um, and, um, you know, when letting someone go, even during the probationary period, sometimes, you know, an employer will offer, you know, a week or something like that to, to end it and get, get a release signed. Um, so if you want to give me a call tomorrow and then, you know, to talk about how to, you know, how to best go away, go about this and different options you have, which, um, in all likelihood, one of them will just be to let the person go and not provide them with anything apart from their, you know, accrued wages and accrued vacation. Um, or, or make them some type of an offer in exchange for a release. Um, you know, I'd, I'd be happy to discuss that with you. Do that than just letting somebody go because you know, at the end of the day, they're there to try to support our company, and I don't want to just leave them out to anything like that. That'd be great. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, I'll appreciate that, uh, David. Pretty conscientious there. It's a, it's a good thing to do, even if it's not in the contract. I'm sure he'll be uh, be giving them something to uh, to send them. On their way, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. you still got some time here to call in. A few minutes, get to uh, to Melissa. Hey, Melissa, good evening. Hi, how are you? Great. What's uh, what's on your mind? Okay, so um, I work for a, I'm a sales manager at a large hotel here in Toronto, okay. which is branded by the largest um, hotel chain out there. Um, the past week and a half, we heard that we will be deflagging um, and that we will be running as an independent hotel. For how long? I don't know. Hmm. Now, there has been talk that if we do run as an independent hotel, there will be some layoffs. So my question is, because the owners of these hotels are from overseas, so, you know, Another topic, I don't think they do things ethnically um, there. However, um, that when they do lay off people for like restructuring or whatever, they give them one week's, like they'll give them a week's pay for every year, which Hmm. makes no sense to me. Now, me being in the new year, 50 years old, with this company in the new year, five years, but overall doing this in um, different hotels for over 15 years in the same position, can they do that to me? Like, can they, if they decide to lay me off because they're running by an independent hotel, so therefore the corporate market is not going to be strong there, and are they allowed to just give me one week or two weeks separate? So they're definitely allowed to let you go. Uh, and they can let you go whether or not they're deflagged or the oh, whatever the term is, you know, whether they, you know, this company stays there um, uh, owning it or if there's another company that comes or, you know, if the, they basically go independent, they can let you go. They're, that's their prerogative. Um, they just have to provide you with an appropriate severance package. And uh, unless you have a contract that uh, is very well drafted from the employer's perspective, um, that has an enforceable termination clause limiting you to the minimum entitlements under the Employment Standards Act, um, you should get more than one week per year of service. I, I'd be very surprised if that's uh, all you should get under the law. Um, that would be the minimum entitlements in your case, but um, it you know it, it definitely um, could be more and most likely is more. And as a sales manager with you know four and a half uh, four and a half years of service, fifty, you probably get somewhere around six months of pay. Okay, because um, so my employment was with the, a previous owner. 
and it was with a previous management. When these owners came on board, they never gave us the new contract. So but then, no more. Good. Right. Yeah, good. that's good for you because that means your um, your service would be recognized. Um, okay. So you would get uh, that five years of service recognized or four and a half years of service. Um, you know, I, I'm not. They, there's a very good chance uh, that they'll offer you just a week per year of service or provide you with that. Um, but uh, unless they, again, like I said, they have a very good contract that helps them out a lot, um, you would get common law severance pay, and it would probably be around six months of pay. Tony, I want to slide you in here quickly. you got about a minute, so if you can condense your question, go for it. Thank you. Yeah. Hello? Yeah, go ahead, Tony. Make it quick. you got about a minute. Okay, I have a 28-year-old daughter who finally got today the result. She's got something, uh, three things wrong with her spine. Now, she's not working. She got hurt under two years ago, but she never made a bloody claim. Uh, what should she do? This is a, she wasn't hurt at work. She was hurt just... No, 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 no. She was hurt at work. She lifted something. Okay. She stayed there, and then she left, but she never did any complaint. Got it. So she should still contact WSIB, um, and uh, because it could be covered by WSIB. Uh, it's also a possibility it's, it's covered by their disability, the company's disability uh, provider, um, if the, the injury happened while she was covered and while she was employed. Uh, so I, I would tell her to give her, give her a firm a call, and we can talk about uh, different uh, remedies she could pursue. Is that two-year mark? Uh, he said just under two years, right? So she's got to get on this. That would be key. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Dave, nice job for uh, for today, my friend, and thank you for all your phone calls. If you didn't get a chance to to call in, no problem. There's a way to remedy that. Call the other number, the one that happens when we're not on air. That is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmenthour.com. Till next time, that would be Wednesday night at seven o'clock. Spin the employment hour on Global News Radio.